0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's your true faith. Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle United have drawn 1-1 with Manchester United and James's Park. You have myself, Alex Hurst, Charlotte Robson. Simon Campbell and Norman Riley to talk to you about what happened, why it happened, and the implications of the result. I'm going to kick things off. Uh, I thought that Newcastle United were sensational last night. I talked in the Matchday podcast about how there was almost no build-up to the game, whether it was Christmas, whether it was COVID, whether it was being a bit bad at football like we are. There was just no anticipation of the fixture, and that that was wrong because Newcastle United put in a stirring performance on. I would like to say a famous night at St. James's, but I don't know if you can count these nights when you don't win the games as famous. But Jesus Christ, the atmosphere was good. The atmosphere was good. It, was, yeah. it is not the stadium or the city of a team that lies 19th in the Premier League. Everything in these situations is supposed to be dour. The fans are supposed to hate the players. They're supposed to be empty seats. There's are supposed to be discontent in the stands. But this is a city and a team united. And I really, really enjoyed last night. I really enjoyed the performance. I really enjoyed what we saw from a number of players, from the coaching staff, from the fans. It's just the result wasn't quite what it should have been. Charlotte, you were at the game. How was it for you, my friend?
2: Yeah, it was class. I went early, um, trying to, you know, just take it easy, not be in crowds of people. Went with my dad. It was a Christmas present to my dad. Um, And... Yeah, just from just well, we were there from about twenty past seven, and from about twenty to eight, just uh, people were picking up flags in the Gallagher. The atmosphere was just building and building and building, and you just thought this is going to be a good one, and everyone's in a good mood. Manchester United are not on great form. I mean, they've had a little bit of an uptick since Van came in, Rangnick came in, and um, but you know potentially there for us and. Yeah, just it was just so loud last night. It was so, so loud and amazing to be there.
1: Yeah, we, we still have some hoarse voices. Yeah. That's uh, as we record the morning after the night before. Um, si, you were at the game as well. Uh, although I'm sure you, sh- you share our delight in the atmosphere, you're a bit concerned about maybe two points dropped rather than the point gained.
3: Yeah, it's a nice thing to say, isn't it? That was definitely two points dropped. It was. I was so disappointed but in a good way because we played so well and I felt we really deserved the win. Like Their goal was so jammy and we definitely deserved more than one goal. There's so many reasons that should have been three points for us and the fact that it wasn't is a little bit of like, when are we going to get a break? Uh, we can't afford any more bad luck like that. And yet, um, I suppose if you look back at the last four games and said beforehand you were going to get one point from them, you'd probably have taken it because of the, the games we had and you probably would have said the money game was the most likely one to get something from. But... There it is, we're at the halfway point now, nineteen games played and we've got eleven points on the board. That's not enough. That's not enough. It means we've got nineteen more games to play. If we play like we did last night for 19 more games, I'm optimistic that it's possible. But we need some luck now. We need stuff like last night not to happen again. We need the kind of form I was looking at the lead table, so Man United won twenty eight points from their first half of the season, so we need to match Man United's form for the second half of the season or anyone above Man United. That's that's a big ask even if we play like well, we did you last know what, night.
1: Potentially. Because, it, and I get what you're saying, and it makes sense, but you, we don't have to match Man United's form. We just need to get, when all the fixtures are yeah, played, some more points than, than yeah. Watford, probably. Yeah. Like, mm. it's not a case of, judging on the performances and the form of the teams in the bottom four, you won't need 38 points to stay up the season. You'll need less. Maybe not, maybe not. But,
3: like, hypothetically, that's the kind of the ballpark you're aiming for, and you don't want to be going at the last game of the season needing to win it or something. So, yeah. That said, as as I've just said, th- the performance last night. If we can maintain that, I mean, we're going to have to talk about some of the injuries and stuff that, that came from it. But um, if we can maintain that level of performance over 19 more games, I can see the points coming. So it is it is possible, but we need luck now. We need a bit of luck. We need no more bad luck. And you know, that's that's up to the football gods, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Norman, you, you watch the game on TV, probably so you, you probably have a better overall view of how the game went than us three here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you thought about the performance? And also, I know there's, there's one big aspect of last night that we haven't really talked about that you want to touch on.
4: First of all, absolutely devastated that I wasn't there because the game was superb. In the atmosphere, electric it was a proper spectacle, uh, even though you said there wasn't any real palpable sense of anticipation pre-match, maybe because I'm um, on my own doing here, I was genuinely excited because I just felt we might get something based on how man you are right now. This supposed turn in the corner since Solskjaer left and Rania came in. They picked up a little undercarriage as well. But they're so disjointed and unorganised and have so many players out of form that I thought were the really ruckus St. James's crowd. The players... Might be lifted despite everything that's going on. I'm glad my instincts were more or less accurate, even though we didn't get the win. And that's devastating in the sense we deserved it. And as I says games are running out. But there were so, so many positives. And I keep thinking of Leicester City staying up by winning seven from the last nine under Pearson. And I think of how we played last night and how we played against Burnley. Aye, I'll be at Burnley. But it does give us hope. It means that if we get in a few really good players who can have an impact more or less straight away, then there is hope. It's slim, but there's hope. However, the one real devastating blow last night for me was Wilson. Maxi were not too sure as how said he could be back soon, but he said Wilson could be for months. That's massive and puts so much pressure on getting in a centre forward like now. Maxi played up front last night when Wilson went off and he did well. But it's not sustainable, him in that position. The fact that we didn't get the three points and that Wilson might be injured has taken a little bit of the shine off the many positives from last night on reflection this morning.
1: I understand. I understand that. And I think there was a, a point at on the Match Day podcast that I recorded for patrons where when when we hit the post and when De Gea makes that save, I just said, fuck's sake, about three times because did feel like we deserve to win the game and we need we need the wins, don't we? We need the points. The the, the flip side to it, and it comes back to what Sai said a little bit about, you know, if we can play like that often, then he's a lot more positive that we can stay up. I just think so much, this is what I love about it, right? So much went against us last night. First of all, seven, seven absentees through COVID and injury. Man United, I believe, had a full-strength squad to pick from. Um, Man United hadn't played uh, in 16 days, and we'd played four times in that period. And we lose our two best players one a half time, one halfway through the second half or towards the end to injury. Um, you know, you have you have uh, an unlucky goal. In my opinion, I thought the goal was like it's not great defending, but what goal is when you concede?
3: No, it's, it's really jammy. It's really yeah. Like it's a so straight back straight to back Karani. to
1: him, and he slices it into yeah, the net yeah. to the one place Dubravka probably can't dive. Despite all of that, we're still the better team. Despite all of that, we still deserve to win. I've talked uh, recently on podcasts that even amongst the fan base at times, there's a little bit, and I, listen, I get about the referees and I agree to a large extent, but a little bit of kind of feeling sorry for ourselves. And I don't like it very much. I don't like saying we've only won one game out of 19 because of referees or we've only won, or it's someone else's fault. Like, no, this is us. You know what I mean? This is our team, this is our club. Regardless of who is who was here before and who's here now, we are where we deserve to be in the league table. But we'll make our own look, and that's what I thought last night. You didn't see any heads drop. You didn't see... It was a big point at, at 1-1. Which way is it going to go? Because when Newcastle concede against Leicester City and Newcastle concede against Manchester City and Liverpool, as soon as we concede those first goals, there's no coming back. Mm. But Newcastle last night was still the better team after 1-1. Mm. And that's encouraging. And that's what I, I want to take from it uh, moving forward. Si or, or Charlotte, I don't know if you want to talk about wilson's injury and 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 a is this mind games from eddie is he getting into ranieri's head by by knowing wilson will pop up uh at the watford fixture in january assuming it goes ahead or is this no actually we're fucked
2: um could be i think that would be odd if it was (laughs) (laughs) um no i think i i watched wilson from the moment he got sort of hit in that i think calf or achilles it looked like a muscle injury anyway um and and hobbling around the pitch and he really tried to continue and he really could not continue and i just thought oh no that's that's quite a bad one um are we fucked i don't know if, if fucked is the word i think it does hinge on asm it hinges on the january transfer window but without him um, you know the way we lined up last night was was the best way for us to line up probably against most teams in the league um and without Callum Wilson as that focal point at the top of the pitch, I, I, we, do lose, we do lose something quite significant. So um, I don't want to say that we're fucked, but it's all of a sudden a hell of a lot harder and we already had a mountain to climb.
4: It's a huge loss because he's such a fantastic player, but also because he's the only centre forward. We'll have Hogan score goals. Now, obviously, Maxi's played up front uh, with a little bit of success, but predominantly he's been wasted in that position. He was good last night, I thought, when he moved up top, but ultimately we cannot rely on Maxi being my centre-forward if Wilson's out for months. And we also know, obviously, that Maxi is injury-prone. So if Wilson's out for months, we need to go out and get a player equally as good, if not better than him, and that's a tough ask. So it's a huge blow in my opinion but we're in a fortunate position where we're not Mike Ashley's new Cassie Knight anymore if this had happened under Ashley it'd just be make do wouldn't it you'd probably have Dwight Gale up top and even then that would be debatable given his relationship with the previous manager I don't think we can spend the rest of the season with either Dwight Gale or Maxi up front if Wilson's out so it's hugely important we'll get someone in and not only because Wilson's a brilliant player but also because he's a leader too and so whoever we bring in needs to be someone of his ilk because we are, despite all the positives of last night and so far under Howe, we're still second bottom halfway through the season. So this centre forward coming in, I cannot stress how massive it is that we we'll get someone of real quality in. And also the injury Charlotte mentioned there, Wilson just went dune, and this is the concern when a player gets doom without it coming from a tackle. It's serious, and that's why I think when Howe says months, he's speaking the truth.
3: I agree Norman it's 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 quite critical what's happened here because we were relying on Wilson to get 10 11 maybe more goals between now and the end of the season and it's not easy regardless of how much money we have to spend to go and find that in the in the January transfer window for the Premier League um and I agree that the um the injury seemed to come about and I mean, he he seemed to get knocked and then he he's he he's just fell down himself hasn't he he's not been like wiped out so that does suggest it could be something worse and that's what Eddie Howe said. We don't know, we're hoping it's just a dead leg or something and maybe it's just a slight strain and it just affected him, he couldn't play on but the the, the signs were there that it could be worse. Um, I was also concerned by Dwight Gale's performance in the second half and I don't think he's the answer so we desperately need... And It's harsh to judge Dwight Gale on 30 minutes of football but he does. He looks a shadow of his former self. There was no running, the, the pace seems to have gone... and. And I'm I'll be really worried if we're going into the next half of the season just relying on him. We need to buy a proper centre forward, and that's it's a big ask, but it is possible. Um even if it just sees us through to February, someone someone who can fill a gap and we get Wilson back for for crunch time. But yeah, I'm I'm more worried about that than anything else um uh, right now.
1: Okay. Well, we will move on to part two of the show after this. Of course, we're on Patreon, £6.60 a month. If you like what we do and you want to support this podcast, please join us. You also get about 30 extra of these podcasts every single month and also these free podcasts that we put out advertisement-free. So please join us on there. We'll be
0: back straight after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Part two of the True Faith podcast after the draw with Manchester United, uh, Charlotte. I'm going to come to you first. You would like to talk about one of our central midfield enforcers. Who is that?
2: Uh, Sean Long. <laughs> no, it's Joe Linton. I just, I just want to sing songs about Joe Linton. <laughs> I want to write poems about Joe Linton. What a redemption story. I, I, honestly, last night, one of the hardest... If you've seen his heat map on N F C Twitter, all over the pitch, all, box to box, honestly. Defensive, you know, attacking, um, stealing the ball. That yeah, his performances aren't perfect. But if you think about Joe Linton and how we'd recalibrated what good meant with regards to Joe Linton <laughs> last season. So when he had a good game, it was just that he didn't make any catastrophic errors, really. Um that was a genuinely bona fide good game by anyone's account. Like, the amount, his work rate is amazing. And and then on top of that, how much he seems to be enjoying himself and, like, gelling with the team in a way that we just have not seen him do, in my opinion, at all in the two years that he's come. So it's, it's kind of amazing what sort of proper coaching structure has done for him. Um and you can really understand now. Yeah, I, we should he shouldn't have been brought in as a centre forward, like that was a mistake in the first place. And I know Alex that you're keen to talk about where he should be positioned in, in the future, but last night he was just like over the past month or so he's been a man reborn, but like last night he was just brilliant and and I think, you know, that's a pretty pretty unanimous opinion, although maybe side disagree.
3: No, no, I, I I'm not <laughs> going to disagree with that. I think he was excellent and has been pretty much every game under Eddie Howe. Um, I, I think he, he might be the short term solution to the Wilson problem because what I saw last night for the first time really was some seriously good linker play between Joe Linton and Maximan. So if Maximan's going to have to play up front, assuming he's not also long term injured. You can do that with Joe Linton playing close to him because Joe Linton was was the glue that held everything together in, in that half of the pitch. I mean, he was the midfield enforcer. He was winning the ball. He was getting his legs into every challenge. He was winning almost every header. But he was also almost like the Sissoko we had under under Rafa Benitez uh, in that last half of the Premier League season when we went down. He just everything went through him. Everything went down that channel. He was linking up with every player. He was finding passes left. He was finding passes right. And when he got the ball to feet. Nobody could tackle him. He, he was holding up that ball so well. And that's what you need from a someone who's going to support a centre-forward, even if it is Max Amann. So if Maximan has faith that Joe Linton will hold up the ball and find him, it could work. It could work. Or, or a lesser centre-forward than Wilson. So maybe that's our solution. But yeah, I think his all-round game has, has been excellent. And that kind of role is perfect from that number 10 behind the striker, but also working back when he needs to. And doing basically doing everyone's job for them because he's running around doing about five or six players jobs um yeah I, I i i'm still can't quite get my head around that that's the same <laughs> player that we've watched under steve bruce what a waste what a waste of yeah. two years of that lad's career playing under steve bruce
2: you'd just be good wouldn't you if you were him
4: it's interesting right because joe linton obviously we, we say what a waste of a career under steve bruce in, in many respects that that's correct but ultimately and Charlotte said at the second door, he was signed as a centre-forward, and that's where Bruce tried to play him initially. He was he was brought mm. in as a centre-forward, and he's clearly not a centre-forward. But as a box-to-box midfielder, wow, he's, he's absolutely brilliant, right? He's using now that, that physicality that we thought, why aren't you using that when you're playing up top? Why aren't you bullying defenders? Because, you know, he's a powerful player, right? He's, he's muscular. Um, I don't know if you saw last night, or you wouldn't have done, because you, you were in the stadium, but on TV, they, they zoomed into him. And, like, like, the veins are, like, bursting out of his legs, right? His legs are just absolute <laughs> trunks. And You're thinking this kid, like this kid's almost like um, like last night he was like Ngolo Cantier, but like on steroids, you know, like as if it Ngolo Cantier <laughs> had just gone induced for like six months and gone to the gym and was like benching. <laughs> the three the That's what Joe Linton was like. Um, it's brilliant, it's brilliant to see. I think Sai's point about him possibly being a stopgap if Wilson's injured, I can see it in one respect, but then I honestly think would lose him as, would lose what he gives as a box-to-box midfielder. So my concern would be him playing up top with his back-to-goal and the fact that I don't think he's got that kind of killer instinct to be a centre-forward. And him and him and the SM, I just don't see enough goals in that. Um, OK, a stopgap maybe for one or two games, but for the rest of the season, definitely not. Um, and that's you know partly because I don't think that he's a centre-forward, as I say, for the, for the reasons I've just outlined. But also, I think there's a box-to-box midfielder. He offers so much. And I think last night that midfielder of him, Shelby and Longstaff worked brilliantly in tandem and it made me think of actually, can we really play Willock and Shelby alongside each other now when I thought last night, kind of Longstaff and Joel Linton really complimented each other well and then obviously allowed Shelby to to do what he does when he gets the ball to his feet. But I, Joel Linton, man, what, what a story. I mean, look, it's only been six or seven games, right? And he's played nigh on 90 games, perhaps. So... And maybe it's too early to see he's had this gigantic redemption in turnaround, but the the kind of the potential is there for this lad to turn out to be a very very good midfielder for Newcastle United and I'm I'm dead glad to see it.
2: You definitely got a sense of his um veins and stuff Norman at, at the end because he gave us he came over to the corner and he gave us shirt to to one of the fans. I saw him top
4: But I I, I reckon, reckon, I... reckon a bastard next to him. If I stood next to him, it would be a lot of similarities in
2: terms of physique, but he'd just be a bit maybe. That'll be it. It's but this is the Eddie Howe thing, isn't it? This is the conditioning. This is the 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 the, the athleticism last night of, of all the players on the pitch, in particular Joe Linton, but all the players on the pitch. You know, they worked really hard and they were definitely tired at the end. But you would not have seen that much running, that much that much tackling, that much engagement from the, this team at the beginning of the season. You just wouldn't have seen it. And I, it, it's it's an amazing turnaround.
1: Yeah, it, like it's just just improvement, isn't it? And and you know, I understand the point made about Joe Linton being a centre forward and it not working out. And I agree with everything you say about he's not the solution. To if anything, I want him to still add more goals to his game. A, we need more goals, but also, I th- I think you know the midfield role, and you know, basically when Wilson goes off. Fair play to Howe. I'm on the Match Day podcast half-time, so I'm not sure about this Murphy substitution. Murphy was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Castles' left side was two right-footed players in the second half and Mancou and, and and Murphy. And Howe goes basically 4-3-3. He goes, right, you know, um, Drew Linton, I think, who started the game almost as a number 10 behind Wilson, drops back into a genuine midfield three, even though he'd, he'd been playing further back away mm-hmm. from Callum Wilson, kind of in the midfield um, as a kind of 4-5-1. But, I, I want Joe Linton to continue to thrive in those attacking positions. Like, central midfield, great. We are short central midfield players. But I want him. I want to see him add goals to his game. I want to see him play further up the pitch because he has the ability to do the right things further up the pitch. Now, they, the level of opposition last night makes sense that he played deeper and deeper. And it's the same against Manchester City, City to, to an extent and Liverpool to an extent. But against Watford, against Aston Villa, against Leeds, I want to see him in that part of the pitch you know there was a couple of moments last time when the defenders are wrong side of him and he's running towards the goal they're not getting the ball back it's it's the pace it's the control it's the vision and it's the physicality there's not many players can do that in the Premier League where if if, if your defender's wrong side you're gone you are gone you're not getting the ball back of him and you're either going to induce a foul potentially a yellow card or you're going to make something happen that's that's as exciting to me as the stuff he does kind of with his physicality in midfield side
3: I totally agree. Um, I think Norman raised a good point about his, his killer instinct. You mean he needs to work on that? It's whether or not he's finding the right shot or the right pass. Because you right, he gets himself in the right position. He, he times his runs. He, he gets himself and like no one's tackling, even when he's got his back to goal and the defenders behind him. He, he he's keeping that ball and he's laying someone off. So once the the players around him start to trust him to do that, which they did last night, was evident. Longstaff knew he was going to get that ball back. Shelby knew he was going to get that ball back. Maximan knew he's going to get that ball back. It all starts to work. Eddie Howe talked about partnerships working all over the pitch. That's what we saw. That midfield is the most pr- impressive midfield performance I've seen from all... Well, I can't remember the last time I saw a midfield so comfortable since Kabai and Teoday. Uh, they just understood each other. They were playing us out of danger with lots of short passes. This wasn't a game where John Joe Shelby was doing 40-yard balls and finding great, great passes. This was a game where Longstaff, Shelby and Joe Linton were playing lots of three-yard passes and getting us out of trouble, lots of close control. It was really good to see proper midfield. And they just made McTominay and Fred look terrible. Fred got hugged off at halftime.
4: That's interesting you mentioned McTominay. and Fred because I was just about to say there, that how good Joe Linton was last night... I'd rather, I was glad he was in the team and I'd rather, you know, it, it's a, would I rather have Fred or McTominay than Joe Linton? No, I wouldn't. And that's, that's saying something because they're both, you know, what I suppose supposed box to box loosely, but more kind of central defence midfielders. And I thought Joe Linton completely outplayed them. Um, yeah. On your point, Alex, I agree to an extent. I mean, of course I'd like to say Mad goals he's and I think that will come given the development that we've seen the last few weeks. But I think by pushed, by keeping him further up the pitch, it's almost like, well, who who do we play in that box-to-box role instead? I don't think there's anyone as, there as capable of of doing it as him. And I just think, you know, Charlotte mentioned the heat map. He, like, he can eat the pitch up. he eats up the pitch. And we haven't got anyone else like that. So in order for Joel Linton, I think, to play further up the pitch and to, you know, to develop the talent, the natural talent that he has, we would then need to bring in someone who can perform the role that he performed last night. Because I think in a relegation battle between now and the end of the season, that role is absolutely vital. The, the kind of energetic... Box to box, as I say, covering all angles player. Um, a bit like um Leicester had it under Esteban Cambiaso when they won those seven and nine games at the end of 14-15. Um, this this rule is vital. So in order for Julian to go high up the pitch, we then need to bring in someone who can who can perform that role. So again, it's a question of signings, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you actually said to me, Charlotte, um, it was the first time you've seen us dominate in midfield. Did you did I have have I invented that? Yeah. Uh
2: what? I don't think you've invented it. I but, think I said that this said, morning. Yeah, yeah you yeah. said it this yeah. morning in the Green car. Coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't... Well, they, they Manchester United are particularly bad in midfield at the moment, so we were able to. But with that sort of, as um, Sai said there, those partnerships in midfield, just we just r- ran that game. like, And that's what we need. We do need... We definitely need to focus on a centre-forward signing because particularly if um Callum Wilson's injured for a long time. But we need to be running games, we need to be calling the shots and we can do that from midfield and we have some good players there so we just need to reinforce it.
1: Yeah, totally agree and Norman, uh, I want to bring you in in a second but I, I kind of start off by saying um, that to me yesterday was the kind of first, even though we didn't win, complete template of what I think how wants. Some notice- noticeable things from the performance intensity across the pitch yeah. no one's jogging everyone's moving everyone's closing down everyone's pressing everyone's covering men yes man united particularly in the second half in the first half as well as rashford tried to stretch our left side consistently by keeping sancho out there, And that's something where the game came from but you saw a defensive structure lascelles and shaw were absolutely brilliant you know much maligned again lascelles put in a real just center not even a captain just a good center half's performance uh, the understanding between the centre backs and the goalkeeper in terms of the goalkeeper to come off his line was excellent. There was just everything there that I think we could take into the second half of the season. And I'm really pleased by that. Um, I'll tell you what before I come to Norman about some individual players. Again, Charlotte, I think you said um, you wanted to talk about uh, what you witnessed in terms of changes, particularly from Bruce, but also for the last few weeks in terms of the way we set up.
2: Yeah. So the thing, so I was sat um, in the East End, but quite close to the Gallagher. So for the first half um, i was sat on our half and i just the, the the discipline the staying in shape the like cohesion across the the particularly that back four um, was just amazing to watch like i was i think it was you alex at, i think it was leeds when we went to watch leeds and you kept saying look they just don't break shape you do, like and we were sort of all over the place and and like last night we just didn't like it was it was such a disciplined performance it was such a nice thing to watch there was this like uh this comfortableness where everybody knew where they were supposed to be and everybody knew where everyone else was as well and they just stayed in that formation and and then when you know when Murphy had to come on like there was a, a slight shift but it was a okay we know what we're doing and we'll 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 move our shape slightly here and it was I don't know it was just something I, it seems so basic and so like it, it's football 101 and you shouldn't be getting excited about it but these are the things we are excited about because I haven't seen it in so long it was just it was lovely
1: I think it's a great point you make about the change in players but players know what they want to do so this is this is exactly what Newcastle United haven't been we've been so reliant on key individuals as a game plan give the ball to him uh, let's hope this man does something for the team Whereas now, as all good teams and all good managers have, all the players understand the system or systems, so that when you change players and when you rotate or when you have injuries, the way the team plays doesn't necessarily change. Whereas we were going from like, we're going to play on St. up front, um, and we're just going to get the ball to him and hope something happens, to we're going to be an ultra-counter-attacking team, um, to we just don't have a plan, basically um to uh let's have a massive go at them for the first 5-10 and if we don't get a go well fuck that was pretty much what it was like under Steve Bruce and what you saw last night was Murphy come in and be able to understand the game plan be able to understand his role even though the formation changed slightly in my opinion mm-hmm. that bodes well for the future Charlotte
2: yeah and just to that point you know we started so sort of um positively and like attacking we scored our goal within seven minutes um and I was watching the clock at like 11 minutes. I was like, is this where we start to drop off form? Is this, <laughs> yeah. is this what's going to happen? Because it's happened so many times, but it just didn't. And I was just, I was just overjoyed.
1: <laughs> Norman, there was a few key um, performances last night all over the pitch, really. Can you pick out a couple for us that you want to talk about?
4: Uh, just quickly on the point of both, there, the, what, what you see is a uh, squad of players who are being coached on various formations um, during the week, right? And, Different tactical shift, whereas under Bruce, it was literally if we win a game playing this formation, then what we'll do is the following week we'll just play in that formation for the whole week. Um, it's <laughs> it, it's, kind of, it, it's it's just what what football management should be now. It's exactly what we had under Benitez, right? And if you remember when we used to come on a podcast, uh, under Benitez, we used to get like really excited about the kind of tactical elements of the game because it's oh, you could see he did this, he did that, he did th- the other, and, it, and it's brilliant to watch. And that never happened once under Bruce, so it's really lovely to be in a position where we're praising. Tactics absolutely love it, and you know, we're terrible, we're still terrible, we're still second bottom, but like we're watching a game now and we're coming away buzzing because we're seeing things, we're seeing development that's really good. Um, the, the fitness element is really important, and I think that tied into performances last night. So, Ryan Fraser, I thought, was absolutely superb last night, and again, I wasn't in the stadium, so I can't see the off the ball element. But when he was on camera, he was absolutely brilliant, he was tireless, right? And this looks like a player to me who Looks like he's, he looks like he's lost weight for a start, and he, he just looks fitter yeah. and quicker. And I thought his movement was brilliant. Um, I thought Javier Manquillo, despite the fact that as you say, Man United targeted our left side, ultimately, for the first time in the first half, he had ESM in front of him, so he's not going to get any support there defensively. So he did admirably. He did very well. Murphy comes on. Murphy obviously gives a bit more um defensive cover, but I thought Manquio, despite the fact that he was being targeted, you know, Manquillo is a four and a half million pound right back who basically could couldn't get a game at Sunderland. Jaden Sancho is an 85 million pound player who is an England national and is, is supposed to be one of the best talents in the country. I thought Manquio did incredibly well, um, and I also thought that uh, I'm going to shout up with Emil Kraft. Did you see that piece of <laughs> skill for the chance he set up for ASM? <laughs> it was really—I mean, that, that footwork was outstanding. Look, Kraft, Emil Kraft—is he a good player? No, is he probably going to get in pre-season? I. But we're already seeing somebody who was being coached again, being coached properly. Listening to what he's been told and is starting to to reap the benefits of it, I thought Kraft was was solid last night. Um, But my biggest shout-outs go to that that kind of that midfield. I think of you know we've already discussed Joe Linton, but I was thinking of this this morning. Willough and Shelby to me it it's a it's a risky strategy, right? I, I don't necessarily think it works as well as Longstaff alongside Shelby. And I thought Longstaff last night should the kind of form that we saw under Benitez right it's only one game I'm not gonna to get too excited but ultimately again it's long staff under Benitez when he's coached when he was micro managed given tactical input was brilliant he went terrible under Bruce and last night we saw that player again and it just tells you that there are certain players who need that guidance and I just think between now and the end of the season if we can keep long staff fit keep him on his tours that combination if you're playing Shelby, I think Longstaff is better alongside them than than Willock there's another role for Willock somewhere in the team perhaps um an impact player for example but um they are the, the players that I would pick out last night mate. It would be um it would be Longstaff Monkieo Kraft and Fraser really impressed with them all
1: yeah totally agree uh, what I really like about Ryan Fraser he's just a shithouse. he's a really annoying <laughs> yeah. bloke for the yeah. opposition he 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 knows when to go down he knows when to exaggerate potentially contact You know, don't go near him in the penalty area. Hasn't won a penalty yet, but he'll go flying. Like, he knows when to pretend to be injured, you know, to try and take the sting out of the game. And then, you know, it was hilarious. Last night, Ben was saying to me, I was stood next to Ben at the match. He was like, I think Fraser's really fucked here. Fraser had two physios, two physios attending to him. (laughs) Literally walks off and sprints back (laughs) on. Like, absolutely (laughs) fine. Um, And he's just, he's a very, he's a very uh, canny operator. And it's that kind of thing that I think that we need. But I think we've run out of time today. we'll finish really quickly, Si Um I'll come to you because you're you're always the, the one who's you know you've been the most pessimistic about survival. Um, you know, since we've been doing these podcasts for the last few weeks since Howe's come in. Is your is your is your view of it changed last night at all?
3: It, the injury's a concern. Um I I I said straight after the game, if we play ninety more games like that, we'll we should get the points we need to stay up. That, that depends on players staying fit, it depends on a, a shrewd transfer window but I, as we've said every game so far even the, the 4-0 drubbings, there's been improvement every single game and that as, as you said earlier on was, was a complete performance from Newcastle, um, I thought Lascelles looked, looked like a proper captain again, he looked like a proper centre-half, like you said, him and Cher were excellent but that the defensive line was just pushing right up. That was really, really encouraging to see. So they they know what they're doing. They're like, right, we're up against Ronaldo. We don't need to sit deep We'll just push up because he's not going to run 50 yards to goal. 36-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo, just sensible. That's probably coaching, but also that the players obviously understand what they're supposed to be doing and that's that's all coming back. So if we show that improvement again and again, because it's not going to stop now, we're going to continue to improve, you'd think, yeah, I'm a bit more optimistic, but I still think it's a big ass 28 points or something like that region. You know, we're still talking about winning nine, nine out of 19. That's the form we require is still, you know, it's, it's out there. It's, it's going to need a bit of luck, but it is possible. And I, I, I believe it can be done. Whereas if you'd asked me this, even after the the Liverpool game, I probably would have said no.
2: I think when Sai speaks like that, I start to think we're going to win the league.
1: (laughs) Norman there very quickly, mate. Uh, uh, you know, again, you've been a little bit more uh, realistic, or I don't know what words you want to use about the chances of survival. When well, we've spoke privately, particularly after the Manchester City game, has last night changed anything for you?
4: Look, as I say, right, being cool and objective as I si see is right. We are second bottom. We've got one win after half the season. We're looking for something spectacular, right? Uh, I keep mentioning Leicester seven and nine. So nine and nineteen. If Leicester did seven and nine, doesn't seem like a massive stretch, but you know, again, that that's kind of an exception. So cold, rational, objective look at it as like minimal chance of survival. But my instinct, like me my gut instinct, and you know, it, it's driven by me subjectivities as a Newcastle fan, but ultimately my gut instinct is telling us that we're gonna stay up. I've just got this feeling yeah. we're gonna stay up and, and I'm going with that. I'm going with that rather than cold hard headed pragmatism. I'm going with instinct, so I was staying up. Away. We're definitely staying up.
1: You you try and <laughs> you 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 try and keep you know that crowd and that team down we're going to be we're going to win these games in January. we're going to sign some players Callum wilson craig hope friend of the show craig hope has just reported has torn his calf and could be mm-hmm. out for months so we'll not let that ruin it we'll sign who what's january soon yeah january soon what's papa cc doing these days <laughs> he's uh he's been a january revelation okay this has been the true faith podcast thank you so much for listening charlotte and others hopefully will be back after Everton if the game goes ahead if not Uh, Charlotte Norman again, or supposedly at Southampton, assuming that one goes ahead. We'll be here after each one. If it does, we're on Patreon. You know that already. You hear me say it a lot. Please come and join us. Nearly 500 people have, which is quite humbling um, to us. And thank you, you three, for your time. We'll speak to you very soon. Bye-bye.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.